and welcome to the episode four of the Pub Meeple Podcast. Tonight we'll talk about the ideal collection. I'm Gary. I'm Brian. Brian. That's proper Brian. I'm proper Brian. You interrupted me. Yes. Shucky do. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going away. It's gonna never. Be the, it's going to be the theme for tonight is interrupting. <laughs> and I'm Brian. All right. Well, uh, before we get into what we've been playing, as, as is our tradition now, you want to, I guess, uh, Shuck, Shucky do, would you like to uh, so talk about what, what you're drinking tonight? Yeah, well, I have been ill-prepared tonight, so they gave me uh, he's a taking, can. He's taking Gary's... Uh, yeah, I'm taking Gary's tradition, which is usually bumming off me. <laughs> the, they gave me a I can. I pass on the tradition, <laughs> but next episode I will take it back. Th- this reads ten fifty. It's ten fifty. Ten fifty. You all know ten fifty. So we're gonna we're gonna do like an on the spot review. Yeah, here. he's about to open it. This is a can of beer. Yes, a can of beer. And it, I don't normally. Drink it's got the cans. consistency of uh, Gary. Gary and I described it the other night as motor oil. Motor oil. It tastes like it too on the first sip. Yeah. Mmm. That's. <laughs> it's a very strong motor oily beer. It's very stout. Take, it's wow. Very stout. Take, as you as you take your your second sip and, and, and wow. as your your system recovers from the initial shock, um, it actually starts to taste. It does quite taste delicious. a little bit better. It, it, I will say I will say for a beer. I'm drinking this as well. I will say for a, a beer, it's not worth ten fifty, which is what it costs if you buy this at a restaurant. This can. Um, yeah, it's the, a, it's an expensive beer, but it's it's not one that. Where the, the, the taste and the, the expense really don't really balance out as well. but Okay, it, de- it definitely gets better after a couple yeah. sips. That first right. sip, though. Whew. Yeah, it'll put hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, proper Brian, what are you drinking there? So I guess, is, is that my name now? Is that, is that what I'm going to be from now on, is proper Brian? It has been your... I thought that... No, it has I been. that I'm was just, your okay. name. It, it just comes and goes, and so it's fun. No, it's... That's how your wife introduced you to me. I was like, this is proper Brian. Really? No. I completely made that up. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll have to ask her what that means. I don't know what that means. Um, Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not an adjective describing your, your behavior. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this evening, I'm drinking a, uh, a Founders Breakfast Stout, which mm. um, was introduced to me by... Um, um, uh, by Brian, by what are we calling you? I, I'm just Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He's just Brian. I'm just Brian. Uh, just just Brian. Just and Brian, Brian and proper Brian. Yes, Fine. that's how it works. <laughs> just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Brian introduced me to this, and uh, it, it's 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 really good. It's a it says it's a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. Mmm, mm, it is good. Yeah, we love like, founders. I think we featured founders. Out of uh, three out of four podcasts at this point yes. now, right? Uh, and so we're gonna have to continue that. So we gotta find something else they uh, they carry, or just keep drinking the same stuff. It's another, it's another <laughs> tradition. No problem with that. And you, in to your tradition, you're still basically drinking coffee. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> He's got some coffee coffee uh, vibe too. Right? That's true. I'm not. I don't have my coffee tonight or my tea, and so now I. But I've got so instead. Coffee. So instead, Gary decided to uh, to go with something a little bit more special. Tonight. Yeah, I've I've got a. a uh, the Glenn Levitt, uh, eighteen-year-old, which, uh, which is really good. I've, I love I've, Glenn Levitt. Uh, sitting back here and enjoying this. Here's <laughs> a, a Scotchman. Well, uh, so if, if I get really quiet during the episode, it's just me in, enjoying that. Yeah, Gary's uh, a Scotchman. He, my favorite skirt, shirt that you wear, not skirt. Almost skirt? said skirt. My favorite uh, shirt that you wear. Well, I mean, I do wear a few skirts. Is, no. is the one that says, um, "What is it? I love Scotch, Scotchy, Scotch, 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 Scotchy, Scotch, Scotch, or something yeah, like that." that. It's, it's down it's, in my belly. It's from uh, man. Anchorman. But it's yeah, such a, it's such a, um, uh, yeah, Scotch uh, is great. It's it's good stuff. I'm enjoying the smell of it over here. Oh yeah, it smells I'm, well. I'm enjoying yeah, the taste of it over here. You can smell it across the room. Well, well, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about our brews here, or I guess we'll be. You're more refined tonight with. That's a, that's a beverage, sir. Yeah. Well, this, it, you know, as, as oh, I, I would compare this to to a, a fine Euro game. You know. Oh, uh, nice. You guys playing some card yes. games over there? So <laughs> we're at the we're at the big boys' table. This is definitely uh, it's definitely like a card uh, game. Although, <laughs> although ten fifty like an old Western ten fifty <laughs> card game here. Well, ten fifty was delicious. Um, oh, well, I guess I guess what games uh, what games have you guys been playing? Uh, well, just Brian. Uh, yes, since you and I actually share a game we've played recently. Yes, uh, I guess talk about I guess that? we can team up on that one. Um, well, you you talk about it. It was your first time to play. So uh, we we had uh, Brian over and uh, we he brought Arcadia Quest. Arcadia um, Quest, which, that game I'd never played it, and uh, I play, he we uh, played it with my um, 
my nine-year-old daughter and my 10-year-old son. And, um, and we had a blast. And in fact, uh, my nine-year-old, uh, after he left, she was like, hey, next time, or like the next day, she, um, she's like, next time uh, Brian comes over, he's going to bring that game, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, she loved it. Um, and I felt so bad because we, we were kind of holding off because she was so close to winning. And we thought, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to let her, let her get this one. And uh, it just wasn't happening. The roles weren't happening. And so I believe that how it happened is I ended up attacking you, and I did more damage than I planned on. Yes. And, uh, and stole I, and the win from yeah, his I stole sweet the daughter. win from my nine-year-old daughter, which I felt horrible. But uh, yeah, she's been begging us to get that game. Yeah, um, it so. was a, it was a great night. It was really fun. Yeah. I get to play with you and your family, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad that we got to do that. So let's do it again. Yeah, definitely soon. And Arcadia the, Quest is fun. One, a really great one-off one-off dungeon crawl, you know, and doesn't take itself seriously. Real fun. With chibis. How about you, Proper Brian? What you been playing? Um, the game that I want to talk about tonight is Inish um, by Matigo Games. Um, it's one that I bought a while back. I, I, I've wanted to play, you know, another good um, area control uh, game with some, some battle elements to it. I've wanted to play or, uh, Blood Rage for a long time, um, but haven't gotten a chance to play that yet. And so um, uh, Just Brian has uh, Blood Rage, and so I was like, I don't want to buy that. It's already, you know, the game already exists in, my, in our group, and so um, I'd heard a lot of good feedback on Inish, so I got that and finally got it to the table, and I really liked it. You you fell in love with that that I night. I did. It, um, uh, it it hopped way up into probably my top ten. I remember uh, the moment, too. Do you remember the moment? So Brian looks at us and says, that sealed it for me, and I knew I knew at that moment Brian and Inish would, would be together forever. I mean, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> that moment, you know. That I forget what it was, though, exactly. No, I, I well, remember what it okay. was. Okay. So, well, first, Inish is, a, you know, like I said, an area control game. Um, it's a, a really interesting area control game where you have three different objectives that you're trying to complete in the game. Um, and uh, once someone completes at least one of those, they can try to win the game. Um, but uh, it's the person who... who uh, uh, becomes the pretender who takes this token and has accomplished the most of these victory conditions. So, but the the way the victory conditions work, um, they they kind of force you into um, trying to get majorities in different ways on the board. It's not just having the most people in an area. It's it's I control more of other people's clans, or I control more buildings, or I control. So, in other words, it's, it's not just you know simple area control. It's different types of area control and you kind of have to f figure out where you're going to focus you know which ones you're going to try for so it made it really interesting but the the moment that you're talking about is um i was about to win the game mm. okay that's what yeah um, I remember. and you and and gary decided hey you know what we, we haven't really had a, a clash in this game yet that's that's the uh, the this game's um way of doing battle that's called clashes and so you guys were like, let's just do a clash and see what happens here. Well, and we, we had to to keep oh, you from winning. No, it, was, right. it was more than let's see what's happened. It, we, it, we actually temporarily worked together right. well, it to started, prolong the game. I think it started as we haven't done a clash yet, but then it turned into we can, we can we keep can actually you from keep winning. We can steal this from, from yeah. him. Right. Basically right. What we, and so, we and so, you, so you two teamed up and were able to keep me from winning the game. But it was like this really temporary alliance that as soon as that clash was over, you guys were back at each other again. Oh yeah. And um, uh, anyway, but it was it was that moment that I saw kind of the um, I don't know what to call it potential. Yeah, it, it was like it, it. So when we were doing all the area control part, I mean, it was fun and I was enjoying it. But and the it's a card drafting game too, so you're drafting cards and, and playing them as actions. But uh, that was the moment that it was like, okay, there's the spice in the game that kind of seals it for me and merely made me enjoy it. So inish. Really good game. Yeah, I had a fun time playing. Yeah, I really liked um, the epic. Is it the epic tale? The epic cards. Epic cards. Yeah. Um, epic tale to me, cards. Those, those kind of took that, that game to like an, just another level because, whereas when we're drafting the cards, I would kind of know like what actions I've gave up that that might pop up on your turn or mm -hmm. or, or uh, <laughs> just Brian's turn, but with the epic the epic tale cards like. You guys didn't know what I had, so and I didn't know what you had. So if I saw that one of you guys had two of them, I'm kind of guessing like, if I make this action, does either one of those other guys have a way to stop this? I mean, I I yeah. I went into the game not thinking it was going to be 
not that it was gonna be bad, but I just this kind of isn't my kind of game. And then like I really liked it. Like I told you and later on, like anytime you want to play that game, I will play it with you. Yeah, I think my favorite part of the game that night was not necessarily because I'm a dudes on a map kind of guy, but it wasn't that. I would say I had more fun because it's the same cards over and over and over. You get to know them really well. The most fun I had was trying to predict how, especially Gary was going to play because he's the one I was passing most cards to. So I'd give him a card I knew he wanted, and then I would have I would say he's I'm going to make him think this is the time to play that card, and I'm going to have this ace in the hole. Oh man! But it never me. really worked exactly the same way. Like I had that ace in the hole, but then you would take it, and mm-hmm. it was it was always fun to try to predict how he was going to play the card I was handing him. Uh, yeah. you, you you were like a puppet master over there for a while. Like I was. Give it this felt, card to Gary. You'll play it on good. the first turn. I also really liked how. We only, I think we only had like three clashes in the whole game, maybe. Yep. But every single one was like felt really consequential to the outcome of the game. They were kind of like turning points. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, oh, we're just going to have you know fights and battles throughout the game. and But each one of them meant something. So it, they were really fun. How's that beer shock? It's uh, stout. <laughs> what, what, uh, they have lots of little sayings on the can here. And... Uh, the half baked, fully roasted. That's probably very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, what uh, what game you bringing? Uh, you so bringing up tonight? It, I've actually been playing quite a few. Uh, I got in my Paco games from Kickstarter here uh, recently, and so I've been Paco games. I've been playing through all these little bitty pocket games, and these are true pocket games. I mean, we're talking like the box is an inch thick and a couple inches long. Is this like Paco and gum kind of things, or is this? Yeah, they're about the size yeah, of Paco gum. Paco gum. It's pretty cool, but, though. But it, they're, they game. really are like true filler pocket games. You can stick them in your pocket. And what we've been doing uh, is we usually do 50-cent wing nights on Thursdays. And so I'll take them with us when we go eat, and they stick in my pocket. We'll pull them out and play a little 10, 15-minute game, and then the food's there. And it's, I mean, it's like almost a perfect filler, like a That's true filler. Awesome. Because I always have all these fillers that I never get to play. And these actually work. And so the ones that we've been playing recently, uh, Nut was interesting. It's kind of a like a set collection, um, uh, placing cards down and, and matching. Um, uh, what's what's the word? I'm, I can't think of the mechanism um, I'm looking for. Um, uh, like a tile placement uh, pattern recognition is what I'm trying to pull there. So it's like a set collection pattern recognition. It's very simple, very quick. Uh, that one was okay. The one that we played tonight, though, was Jim, uh, and that one is like my cup of tea for filler, filler games. It is a, a drafting, uh, take that area control game with 30 cards. Really? And That's it's impressive. amazing. It really? was It was really fun, and true to form, my daughter beat me by one point because <laughs> it was the first time I taught her the game, like every other game I've ever taught her. Oh, she yeah. always yeah, beats she me. She has to win. Always. But, uh, yeah, I like, I'm, I'm liking the little pack of games. There's some of them that that don't really fit my play style, um, but there are several of them that are also really good for how small they are. I'm, I've been impressed so far. That's actually a really cool idea. So, I mean, how many games come in the pack? I got 10 in this wow. one, and this this is the second set that they've done. I think there was another nine or 10 in the first set. I mean, so so with that one pack, you have these nine different games you can take to a variety yeah. of situations. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and kind of get into our main topic for tonight, uh, which is the ideal collection, which um, is kind of a little open-ended, and that's fine. We, you know, we can all kind of interpret that a little differently. Um, Shuck, why don't you start us off? Hey, before before Shuck gets started, I I I think I know what he's going to say. I think Shuck's ideal collection is not necessarily what's in it, but that you can't have multiple like games of the same kind. Like, it's, it just doesn't happen. That's really funny because I was thinking along the same lines. I was like, his collection, if I could put it into, like, like a short little, huh, it would be one of a kind. One of, yes. One oh, of, that's, oh. yeah. There can be only one. If I could, yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> Highlander <is>. collection. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, also, I'm, I'm going to bet um, just if, if you can d- double up on it, it'd be engine building. Like, games with engine building, I think I think that probably is a, is a – uh, is is a you know it's a free pass. All right, so yeah. now so now we now, now we made now some, we've no pressure. Yeah, now, now we made some predictions. What is your what is your, what is your idea? ideal collection? <laughs> so y'all aren't necessarily completely wrong. Um, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> when you, you know this goes along with my uh, 
how I purchase games too, but I, I tend to like the best for me at least of a particular mechanism or it, but it does, it's not just one of a mechanism. It's, you know, like one of a genre, one of a, like a, a time length or a, a weight of how hard it is. You know, I try to just have one, like a, a niche for each subgenre or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and it, I don't always follow the rule, uh, but I, I tend to find that when I have two alike games that I want to play this one more. And so that's just that's kind of how my ideal collection really does. Yeah, there's a redundancy yeah. that makes it, a lot right. of sense actually. Yeah. And, and so that that's my ideal collection would be like one of every mechanism, but it, to like take it further, like all the combinations of. So I have one of every mechanism for like family game, and then one for two player games, and then one for like uh, like like fillers, and then so that would be really cool to like just have them all separated in little little columns on the shelf man that where I could just go and grab one for the particular situation that is so hard for me because games overlap so much in my brain it's really hard for me to put them into you know this one fits here and this one fits there it's like so many overlap I'm like I don't know I, I, I'll just keep those four that are similar but different and it, that that'd be that'd They're be difficult for me. Four X, but you know, I mean, they have differences. Wait, wait, Gary, we're not getting into proper <laughs> Brian's collection yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that'd be bad. That would so. be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I would just just kind of off of uh, Sean's collection, uh, going back to his. A lot of us will say stuff like, "Oh, that game replaced that game for me," and we mean it in a very like metaphorical, figurative sense. But Sean really means it when he says he means that game it. replaced. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say Agricola because I don't know if that, that. What would be a good example? Like, oh, recently, Five Minute Dungeon replaced. Uh, it replaced Dixit for Dixit. me. Dixit, and you would think these games are nothing alike in, in most people's minds. But but by the way, well, Sean is a, is a very has a very special mind, and um, in in that. We when he says good it's replaced that game, that in a very good oh way. yeah, it's the ten fifty. He's an engineer, it's a 1050 man. Talking. Um, when when Sean actually says that, I imagine him taking Dixit. And I don't know, incinerating it somehow, throwing it out—it's like getting tossed I, out with the laundry. No, I give them away. You know, I, I'm not gonna keep a, a game that I'm not gonna play. I'll give it to somebody who for someone else to enjoy. It's still a fun game, but I mean, I guess for me, it's more situationally. Like it, both of those games, Five Minute Dungeon and Dixit, I want to play in a family sitting. And for me, Dixit has more restrictions on it it's it's harder to play with younger kids a five minute dungeon is, is very simplistic and uh, visual that little kids can play and it's just they both fill the same role for me uh, and they're they're both rather quick and easy games i just i don't know i i, I see where you're coming from from there because even though they don't you could look at those two games and and, and, and wouldn't necessarily think that they um like like brian like uh just brian said they necessarily overlap you're using them for the same situation. So therefore, they are in a way kind of competing for your gaming attention. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, there's a good way in which you kind of organize your collection in that when you go to reach for a family game, you've got you know, the best ones that you found up to this point available to you. You don't have a lot of fluff in there. So See, I mean, and and I, I'm struggling too right now because I, I really want uh, Razor Goblets, but Five Minute Dungeon fills that role. And so, so I won't go buy it. Okay, so do you feel like when, when you're talking about an ideal collection, we're not just talking about buying habits, but also culling habits? Yeah. Like, so in order to have this ideal collection, it's not just what you own, but also what isn't on your shelf mm -hmm. or, you know. It's what you get rid of based on what you have. So yeah. having every game you wanted in your ideal collection, but also that other one means that your ideal collection has fallen short even though you have, like, one extra game. So I'm curious, yeah. Sean, how, how does it make you feel, like, when you know that you have that overlap? <laughs> I have to logically separate the two games in my mind. Like, I have my spreadsheet, and it's this game is for this, and this game is for this. So if you can justify it... <laughs> Logically to yourself, it's it's okay though, right? And if he yeah. can't, then, I mean, do you, then his day at work is terrible. Do you gen <laughs> genuinely feel tension? Like, oh my goodness, these two games, they are so similar and I just can't have that. Is it like that feeling or is it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I have three games that kind of overlap in that way. 
uh, Zombicide, uh, Zaya, and Scythe kind of all fill the same role for me. But those are three I don't know that I can get rid of. Mm. So I have to find a reason for all three of them. And I haven't, sense. haven't figured that out yet. Um, all three are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 That they're, sounds they're, like a good reason to me. It's the dudes on the map type games yeah. for me. So it's, oh, but yeah. Zombicide's more of a uh, like a dungeon crawl kind of. Zaya's the uh, exploration, somewhat kind of 4X, 4X-ish kind of game. And then... Uh, Scythe, oh, oh, there you go. Scythe That's is a, my 4X game. Okay. I can Scythe segregate that one at least. Okay. See, he was fine until you said <laughs> oh, Isaiah was a 4X, Forget and now I he's back this. into Forget turmoil. So, Pay no attention to that. Isaiah is my uh, uh, pick up and deliver game. That's You know, when I play Isaiah, I play it more pick up and deliver. I, I yeah. actually really enjoy it for that. But then other people play that game, and they, they get a different vibe. I'd it. say it's a sandbox game. You just kind of do what you want to do. And that's what I want to do. That's exactly right. That's why you do it. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, so, then. Uh, so, so speaking of Gary, can can I uh, can I guess what's on his? Oh ideal yes. Shelf? Oh, please okay. do. Bring so, it on. Bring it on. It, it's basically every Uwe Rosenberg game, right? That's that's what you want is on just every one of I them. I think that's true. I just, would. You know what I would say? <laughs> up until recently, that was probably pretty true. I, I have so a few of his, um, and and I I did trade. Speaking of calling. I did trade off Glass Road because <gasps> I couldn't find anyone to play it with oh me. My. And did then my daughter, Chloe, really was like, I did like that game, Dad, and I felt horrible. Well, did now you feel I don't know like what's Glass? Happen. Brian, what do you... <laughs> I got to do it every yeah. time. I don't know I'm what's going to happen now. The, we, we were counting on you that if, that if Uwe Rosenberg had buried treasure and hidden clues in his games, that you would have the treasure map. Yeah, I would have the, all of them. Uh, That's uh, a good idea. <laughs> you know, we should do I really, that. I feel like... Um, <laughs> You know, I'm not even really that interested in uh, a feast for Odin. You know, it, number one, it's just a pricey game for what it is, and uh, it almost from the reviews I've I've listened to and, and read, I there's not as much uh, interaction in it. And so, like some of his his older games, I I can really dig, like Lahav, uh, Agricola, um, Oren Labor. Those are really great, but um, and I, I actually have never actually played Caverner just because I, I have Agricola and and. From what I, you know, from what I understand of uh, Caverna, it's like Agricola with less, a little less stress. And as Sean and I, you know, we played Agricola not too long ago, and the whole time we were talking about how we loved how the game was forcing us into tough decisions, and it was stressful, but like in a fun way. We're trying to over. It's like a big puzzle. Oh, you did that. Well, now I have to figure out how I want to achieve this, or if I want to change my strategy. And so I don't really know that I, that I would want, you know, to not. I would want a game without that. Before you get too much further into this, I want to I want to tell you what I think. Okay, yeah. So. Your collection is and what I what what I thought of is you have the city name game collection. Oh yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like, it's like all it's like all those all those Euro games are named after some city. It's named somewhere. after a city. Look, if yeah. it's named after a city or involves trading in the Mediterranean, I'm like my ears perk up. Everyone else is like, oh, that sounds boring. So I'm you, like, would you actually like put them on yourself so you build a map of Europe? That oh see, now now you're just giving me now that's that is my goal for 2017 2018. That is the ideal collection. And like right? I'm gonna have to do that. The ideal collection um, is. Here's I, I, I realize on my collection <laughs> yeah. though, like talking about buying habits and culling habits, I, 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 I skew towards uh, Euro games, and so I have these games that I haven't played a whole lot because I can't get them out with family. I can get them out with you guys and a couple of our other gaming friends, like. Say Craig or, or Way or Jeff, I can get the get them out with those guys, but I don't always get those game nights, and so um, I'm kind of at this point where I'm having a cold game. So like I said, I, I called Glass Road, and I'd actually really wanted that game. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I couldn't find an audience for it. So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and trade it. And then I had I had some traders remorse, you know. And like I said, my daughter was like, yeah, actually, that time we played it, I loved it, Dad. And so um, I'm at the I'm at the point now where I, like if I want to trade something. I have to like take my kids and show them the trade pile and say, you know, okay, are, are you going to be mad if I get rid of any of these? Uh, because what happens every time is I trade one away because no one's asked to play it for six months or a year, and they're like, oh, I loved it. I just forgot it was on the bottom shelf, you know. So, um, so yeah, you just, can't have an ideal collection because because your kids have to. You kind of co-share that collection. Yeah, like I, I do, um, and and that's kind of what I was thinking about when we were we were talking about this subject is that. I love like if it were me, I'd, I'd I'd literally probably would have all the if it's named after a city in Europe, I'd probably just want to own it anyways, um, just because it's probably going to be a good game. 
and that would be the games I would want to buy. But instead, like I find myself buying a lot of games that maybe aren't even like really my my cup of tea, but my family loves them. And so, hey man, I'm 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 buying it because I know I can get out with the in-laws or I can get it out with my family. And it's not that I don't like those games, don't get me wrong. Like uh, my my sister and uh, my brother-in-law, brother-in-law love Hanabi. I think Hanabi's okay. But when I, I love playing it with them. But if you were just like, hey, guys, let's get Hanabi out, I, I got to go. You know? Hanabi like, is gotta, very, very group dependent. Yeah, it like, is. It's one of those. So like with them, we, we cheat like crazy. And there's usually you know, we're usually having a beer or something while we're doing it and having a good time. And, and probably laughing. laughing it up. Yeah. yeah. And laughing it up. But like, we don't take hobbies super seriously. So that's, that's the only way I can get through that game. Um, so, so that, I guess that's my, my, so as far as my ideal collection um, is, is kind of, we've actually talked about this before, but kind of that collection where I have something I can play with everyone that I game with. I still kind of want all the city name games, you know, but I mean, you know, so and, like, and Uve, so I, I have an Uve pl- shell. Plus one. If nice. that, that game is named after yeah, some like, obscure like, city, uh, in Europe. you know, uh, you, Bruges, Murano, you know, uh, I don't know. We can think of a sure. bunch of so, other so, so beyond Rosenberg, do you actually like try to go get the, the, the big name Euro guys? Like do you have to have like one of each. Oh, I totally do. Like I have like, Three or four of Vital Lacerda games. I've only actually played one of them. He doesn't them. need one of each. He's not you. He needs many of each. I actually follow designers, and I, I can't even, like, um, the guys who did, oh, no, nah, I'm going to be embarrassed myself. I won't even try to say their names. I think it's um, the guys who did Madeira and Nippon, mm-hmm. and they've got one in Brazil coming out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even, and this is probably bad. I don't, I've, I've read some, I've read up on the game, but I haven't, like, exhaustively read up on it. I know I want it because they design great games. And I'll make sure that it's, I read the rule book and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, that game's been on my radar for a long time. So, yeah, I, I definitely am a little bit more of a collector. Like, I mean, you laugh, but I, I go out. Like, there's, there's designers who I will follow. I'll follow them on BGG or whatever or, or check their blog. And um, when, when they have a game that's coming out, I'm, I'm totally – I mean, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that because I, I find that if, if you're designing – if you have a couple of really good games that I enjoy, chances are your next game's probably going to be right up my alley, anyways. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely like um, maybe a little bit of a uh, an extra geek for following designers or even publishing companies. So Mm-mm, no, absolutely not. I think that's I think there's something. To, it's just like following an author that you enjoy in books. It's like if you know you like their books, you know it, there's a really good chance you're going to like the next one. That's a really good comparison. No, really, because I mean if these design. I mean, some designers are going to have a flop here or there or go with a theme you don't like, but the same for authors. But if you, you can know that if I've read two or three of a, an author's books and he or she's just really great, chances are you're going to at least want to look into the next book, right? So, I mean, I find the same way. I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm geek out about uh, designers. So. But, yeah, I, 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 do, I do organize by, like, I have a Uve shelf and <laughs> I have a um, – uh, I organize by designers where, like, I have a whole What's Your Game shelf, like they're a publisher and then a, it, and so I have like, a, a Jamie uh, Stonemeyer Games. I have a Stonemeyer Game show. They're so backwards because mine are like organized actually by size of box. Oh, <laughs> well, and then and then I do have one like shelf that's all like family games. And like I told my kids, I was like, you could touch the games on this shelf, but not on this shelf. <laughs> it's so funny. I I organize mine by my favorites. Like I put my favorites together. So um, all the, so all the forex space games are like they are all the very top, yes. the top out of reach <laughs> out of reach they're actually deepest in my closet mm. yeah. they're, they're hard to, hard to find well all right well uh, speaking of which so are we right about that yeah. ideal collection forex space yeah is that is that where that's I know jam, I mean right? now it's a little unfair because we're just we're picking a category we already know you love because we've already said that so if so to be more fair and I'll, I'll tell you just because Brian was the hardest for me to think about to predict what what he was going to pick, um, and I and I'll tell you kind of what came to mind because because I, I know what's in his collection and I know he's been playing games for a long time. Um, he has games from like our childhood, like Omega. We talk about Omega Virus. We talked about yeah. Clue, the ca- the caper museum caper version, yeah. not not the silly one, but the yeah, the, 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 the legit one. Caper. Yeah, the museum caper. Oh, so good. Um, and we're talking about these legit games that were like BC before Catan, right? Um, <laughs> 
why have I not heard that? That's awesome. Because I just made it up. That's amazing. Or before Carcassonne, for those of you who are on 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 the straight and narrow path. Um, <laughs> so, like, so when I think of Brian's collection, it's it's pretty abstract to think about the ideal collection for you because you've got the breadth and the depth. Of, I, I have of an gaming. idea. I have an idea. I want to hear. It's uh, the games I want to play in five years collection. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, that is fantastic. The, um, okay, yeah. So, yes. I agree you? with him. No, I, 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 I was that is fantastic. Like the, the games Sean, I think that you nailed it. Because you're always talking about, like, <laughs> I got this game, and one day I want to be able to play it with my kids. I, it's, it's the – I'm looking towards the future. I, I think y'all have, y'all have – you've all nailed it. Um. Like my like, I do love Space 4X uh, games like that. I have as many of them as I can get, and I'm kind of to the point with those. I'm like, I have so many, it'd be ridiculous for me to get another, and then I go buy another, you know, anyway. Mm. And but um, no, and and I'm I'm very much a planner, and so I've purchased my Mystics and all of its expansions. They're sitting in the shrink wrap up in the top of my closet. Um, I bought them when my twins were one and a half and i said i'm gonna play this someday i'm gonna play this in five years so um so yeah no totally um and um and when i thought about kind of how you know we've talked about how our buying habits and calling habits kind of all come into this i I was just kind of thinking back uh, as to what kind of how my ideal collection has shifted over time and how i feel like it's going to just continue to shift you know, as time goes on. Um, so, you know, kind of in the beginning, I was just buying up any game that I could find. And most of those games were Euro games because uh, this was back in the early 2000s when uh, Settlers was making a big splash here and Carcassonne was making a big splash in um, Puerto Rico, um, games like that. And so I was buying up as many of those as I could find because I didn't have a collection, you know. And so I was uh, Power Grid. Um, any of those games I could find, I was buying and playing as much as I could and then um, I started finding you know some of those you know the big space 4x games and just ate those to pieces and uh, uh, and now I find myself kind of uh, I shifted kind of toward as as you know my kids started getting older and I'm like okay I'm gonna start playing more games with them I'm gonna start I'm gonna start buying more you know more things that I know that I can introduce them to or I'm going to buy things that I, I think I can play with my wife, you know, and more two player games and things like that. Um, but now I'm out, I'm kind of shifting back towards the, the Euro end of the spectrum and I'm wanting to buy things like the gallerist. And, uh, there's a, there's a game out there called Anachrony that everyone's talking about. And it's very much a, a worker placement, uh, yeah, Euro so game. I play oh, with man, you. I want to, I want to get it so bad. Um, but those are the games I have the inclination to buy right now. But, um, I have so little time to play games that I've, I'm, I'm my. I feel like if I'm if I bought more games that you know my collection's already big enough and so anyway so it 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 kind of ebbs and flows just depending on where I am in life I guess. So right now my ideal collection is kind of what all of y'all said. <laughs> It's I want as many space 4x games as I can get with games that I can plan for to play in the future and uh, that I can have as many options as possible when it comes to anywhere from a heavy Euro to um, a light two player game. Do they have that's that's a very specific collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you've narrowed it down yeah. like for me to maybe like half a game. How about you've like knocked how about, a couple games off? How about everything? Yeah. Anything I'm interested in? I'll have one of everything. Is, is there, uh, you know, you got me thinking. Is there actually like a four X family medium weight game, or are they all kind of more of the higher end, heavier? My Little Pony Scythe. Yeah. <laughs> have y'all seen that? Yes. Have y'all seen that on Facebook? No, My Little Pony Scythe. Really? I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll send everyone the link. The, it is it is brilliant. And it's just it's just floating around on Facebook. Some genius put it together. It's probably on BGG at this point. It's like oh a man, pony size. It's like just yeah. printed on paper. That's like no, no, no. They 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 they've whittled the rules down to to like nine year old level. It's simple. It's it's totally print and play and and somebody's fun <laughs> at home with their kids. But they get to play scythe with their daughters, and I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm gonna say your your ideal collection would probably be. You want to have 
some really great games for entertaining new gamers. So I think you're gonna you 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 probably go for for the variety, you know, kind of run the gamut. But uh, I do know you really do like uh, dudes on a map. Like if uh, if there's one genre I think of when I think of you and games I played with you, dudes on a map. When whenever I um, think about Brian, uh, just Brian's collection, I think of Descent, Descent, Descent. Which is also dudes on a map, but just a different the, kind of. I, I just see boxes and boxes kind of how, descent. How hard is it to resist a new pack? Is it difficult? There they, is haven't, no they, resisting. Have, they haven't made they haven't made any in a while, so it's very easy. So He's if they deflecting. came out with one, there is no resisting. So, yeah, pretend like there one are came three, out today. There are three uh, packs I haven't bought, and they've been out for a long time. Is that I'm strong? Is that just for like when you can't find anything to buy? It's like, ooh, I can get that pack now. No, no, I've resisted it even with the even with the free shipping. Clarify and stuff. this for me: three out of how many? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Forty? You know, I it's, mean, it's how I live with myself. <laughs> so, so as long as you don't buy these three, then I, then you don't I don't have I, a problem. Then I don't have a problem. That's By the right. way, I don't have a problem with this at all because I enjoy <laughs> playing it with you. Oh, yeah. it just means I don't have to buy it all. <laughs> yeah, no, I love descent. I agree with uh, with proper Brian. I I enjoy your descent collection uh, a lot because I like playing it with you. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's 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 all true. I think I think it's pretty pretty true. Um, I. I agree with kind of what Shuck was saying too. I really want the situation to be kind of what molds the collection. So when I'm buying something, I'm always thinking about the audience. And and at this point, especially at this point, maybe not at first, but kind of like as as proper Brian's collection has evolved over time, mine now is thinking about an audience. So I yeah, I want a good dungeon crawl, uh, like Descent. I want that heavy campaign dungeon crawl, but I also want the dungeon crawl that we can throw one off and not take ourselves seriously. Hence Arcadia Quest. Oh, and then yeah. I want the and then I want the the you know something else that I can do with my kids five years in the future. So, so, uh, my semistics, uh, same with social deduction, you know, I want the heavy and I want the medium and I want the light. Um, but, but that's, that's, that's kind of how I think about buying games now do is that. Do you ever pass on a game because you know that it won't fit an audience, even though that you think that it would be your perfect game? Um, no, not if I think it's my perfect game. Well, if okay, if, if I think it's, it's my perfect if game, it's, if you think it's, then a I don't care what anybody else thinks. If you think it's a it. better game, would you pass on it if you knew the audience wouldn't receive it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to be there. It's kind of like you know, you're asking me a question like, "What would you do in a life and death situation?" I'd have to be there to answer that question. I think the question there is: Is the money there? You know, for me, that's always the case. It's like. Hmm, I really want that game. Do I have the I money know, for there's it? There's ways to make I money. Do. There's ways to make money yeah. to buy to to handle your addiction. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't take advice from Brian. This is a bad idea. <laughs> there's legal ways to make money. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though, you know, we we talk about having these ideal collections and and what is represented on your game shelf might be different than what's in your mind. It's kind of an abstract. It's a very difficult thing to, to talk about here. Right. And so I guess um, one, one way that I was thinking about this is how do you know when you have the ideal collection? Um, because I think um, not at this moment, I mean, it's a snapshot question because, because as, as proper Brian mentioned, it, it might change over time. But uh, like right now, um, when, when, when I need that extra... 30 bucks on a, a CSI order and I have it to spend that it's budgeted. What do I add to my collection? Well, I feel like my, I don't know. There's not really anything I, you know, I want, how, do I already have the ideal collection then? I mean, and, and that's, that's, that's a harder question than what fit, what games fit in your ideal collection. But, but as a collector, some of you are like listening to this going, what is he that guy talking about there? They just, we just need more games, <laughs> but some of us aren't like that. Some of us are like my, co my collection's complete. And how do you know? Like, I feel like, and sometimes I feel like I've arrived there. Until that new game comes out. Until that new game comes out. That's right. I would say, and, and actually, Shuck was the one who got me thinking about this uh, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, we kind of we give him a hard time for only, only wanting one game of, of any different kind of mechanic. But he really got me thinking about that. Like, so nowadays when I, when I hear about a new game, instead of, MA, you know, it, I'm like, trading in the Mediterranean and it's got a city name? It's gonna be mine, yeah. and then I start looking at it, and and I think to myself, you know, um, ah, maybe it's kind of similar to this or that game, and and so now I think because of because of his influence, and, and also just you kind of get to a point where I think that happens naturally, whether you know whether it's just either you know 
money or time or, or, or space, like, you know, space is a factor, you know, I, that collection cannot grow past a certain size. Uh, I kind of, I kind of, don't look. you have an attic? Yeah. yeah and, and we've got stacks in there. No, uh, yeah. not yet. <laughs> But, you know, for me, I, I have to look, and I think I've become more strict in how I look at games, kind of like what you were just talking about, Brian, where, where you go to you go look at, at uh, maybe putting together an order, and, like, sure, there's lots of games I want, but I'm now very, because I have quite a few unplayed that I'm trying to work through, and that, that was that's a big deal for me this year. I thought I'm going to challenge myself to work through more most of those. I, I'm a little hesitant to get a new game if I think it's going to be six or seven months before – I find a group for it. Like I'd like to get into some 18xx, like kind of train, um, you know, economic stock stock games. I just don't know, like, if I want to buy a game that I might get out twice a year when I already have a couple others so, that I don't get out. So one of the things that I do when I get the itch, like I I need a, a new game, I start looking at expansions. That's what I do. I go find the game that I really like and what can I do to expand upon it. And that that's kind of again going towards that ideal. It's like just making a, an ideal collection that you like more ideal and more of what you already want. Well, that's very philosophical. That's what I wanted. That's not that's what I wanted. I wanted deep, deep thoughts tonight. I like that. <laughs> no, seriously. And more make deep it, thoughts. It's not just stuff. ideal. It's more ideal. I like that. It's idealer. Idealier. It's idealier. No, one of the, so one of the things that got us thinking about and one of the, thing, the ways you guys are talking about this one of the things that got us thinking about this topic to begin with was an article um that uh i shared with these guys by gil hova who uh, he, he was talking about gamer fatigue and how you know once you've been in the hobby for a certain amount of time you start to kind of see the same thing again and again just little variations on it and you start to look at the the newer thing and go that that seems kind of like what I already have you know so I'll stick with what I've got and honestly that's I think why I've like leaned you know in multiple directions multiple at, at different times is because you know it, at one point in time I'll be really into euros and then so I kind of neglect more the narrative type game and then by the time I get back to that there's a bunch of new games there that I haven't seen that they've really kind of progressed a lot further than if you're paying attention to it constantly you know if you're paying to attention to a genre constantly, you see the iterative change and it kind of feels samey after a little bit. Or like, I don't need that. I have this and it's really similar. And I know I like this, so why do I need that? You know, how that ideal, you know, this we have this, we're, we're putting out this ideal thing. And I, I, honestly, I don't know if that's something you ever really reach. It's like you you, you, set, you set out, it's more of a, um, I want to. I want to have an ideal collection, and so you try to define for yourself what that is, and you and you head towards it. But then it changes, and then you change course, and so you end up never reaching that necessarily that ideal. But you you have it out there in front of you as a, as kind of a guidepost to 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 drive you towards. I think that ideal. Uh, I just kind of mentioned earlier, but um, that ideal does change over time too. Is I believe you were talking earlier about how when you first got in the hobby you're kind of just buying a lot of just most of the you know oh that's the game looks cool that game looks cool you know you kind of buy a whole lot and then after a while you play a bunch of those and you realize that's nah, not really you know it's, it's kind of like the industry standard like they say this one's good so i need yeah to, i need to try that well, that's one. exactly how i did it i i actually looked at the the top games on uh games dot com. that's what it was then and uh they they had their top selling games and so i just went down that list and about the the games that were the best selling games, and um, that was back when your ideal list was every game. You can't do that now. No, but back yeah. then you could, because uh, Brian's really old. Back then in our day, um, <laughs> you could actually play all the the good hobby games and own them all because it was like a dozen. Yeah, that's very true. But not now. It, it's it's hard too because I mean everybody's kind of cult of the new, and so it's. It's hard to find an ideal collection when there's a new game that trumps an old game, and you're you're like unless your ideal collection is to have everything. Well, it's hard for you then, to realize. Then that. you know what the problem there is. There are people who who believe it or not, there are people who, like me who just buy games so on you, a whim. Do you eat? Yes, but but it's hard <laughs> sometimes when it's not cardboard. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. It is. It's like 
<laughs> like, because I, I have, you know, like I'm impulsive too. We talk about how um, we, we uh, some of our buying habits, which is a little different than this topic, but, but yeah, like sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm, yeah, I'm buying that thing. It's funny. I mentioned a game that I'm interested in, and the next thing I know, he's already got it ordered. That was a joke d- for a while, right? <laughs> that was a joke going around for a while. It's like, man, this game, you're, you don't even have to be super interested in it. You're like, I'm mildly interested. I might look at that game once. I maybe, and then I'm like, "That's interesting," because I just ordered it from some CSI. It's like I get a picture. Amazon overnight. Get a picture and it's like, "Hey, you want to play?" <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you hear about that from? You just now. You know, I came into this hobby later than you guys. I'm still finding out through, you know, BGG or, or podcasts or YouTube videos. You know, games that. I'm like, why did I not know about this five years ago? I'm like, I've got to go back and find this game, you know? And uh, so to me, that's that's almost more enjoyable than, than kind of following the, the new trends sometimes. You know, uh, when when we were at the um, first year at West Texas Tabletop Con, we listened to the panel. That's one thing Scott Morris was, was talking about was as a publisher, they're always – uh, you know, you want to approach a publisher with your game idea. What are you looking for? And so from that perspective, uh, a comment he made and it stuck with me was um, – when you show him your game that you're that your baby and you're proud of, um, he's thinking, "How is this different from other games?" And um, that's that's something that um, that Sean's def- that Sean's definitely looking at, but um, you know, that that I don't think is is asked a lot whenever a new game comes out that's that like what you're talking about, so similar to something else. Um, and and I think that's that's kind of when we think of like an idyllic collection it we're we're kind of talking about what belongs in that category like what belongs in that for you um and i think that's a that's a really impertinent question to ask your ask while you're doing that is um you know what makes this stand out what makes this collection now stand out or or this what makes this fit um and i think it should be i, I really do i think it should be more than just having more and you say, I mean, if you're going to invest your time and your life and your money and your finances, this thing, make it something that's worth it, you know? Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the collection, you know, to its fullest, you know. And then, like, I was thinking, you know, uh, like if uh, you're just talking about like games that, like, I guess while you were talking, I was thinking about games like if I had to cull down to just a few games, or there's a fire, you know, other than like my Uve shelf, I'm going to grab that, you know, like. Make sure the kids are out, but then I run back in and, and grab grab you know Lahav. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking like, what what games if I had to like, could I pare my collection down to say like a dozen games, and that would kind of give me a good range. You know, uh, I think that'd be that's probably a, like a mental exercise I'm going to kind of look at and do. You know, as as as, as I uh, look to add games to my collection in the future is you know is this one that I think I would like not be able to do without you know as a gamer like i, I do i have is this a game i want to have to have you know y- you know what makes that easier right what our board ranking engine oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no seriously it was like a mental exercise doing that because it's i mean that's exactly what you're talking about when we do our top tens uh yeah that it's like th- that top 10 is hard i don't know how dice tower does so many top 10 videos because just getting my all time is difficult and, and they're doing like hundred and yeah, like, and you look at it and you're like everything under like say twenty five, like from twenty five on. It's like I want like, it all. Do I really, really have to have like you know, if it, if it didn't make my top twenty five, is it one I really need? You know, and yeah, I, I think there's a lot of those in there. My answer is yes. Yeah, my answer is <laughs> my answer is still yes. I haven't got to the point where I can look myself in the face yeah. and say no. Yeah, there's only been a few times, <clears throat> and it's happened where I've looked at my games and gone. I don't need all these. What, what, you know, let, let me just go through and, and, and see which ones I get rid of. And as I'd go through them, I'd be like, mm, no, I, I yeah. actually, I actually do. He tech actually, he really, what he really does do is he texts us and we come these. over and we, we talk him out. The we talk real, him down. The real question. <laughs> Intervention. <laughs> the real question is, is this hobby like hoarding? Are we hoarders? No, Shut no, your no. Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk that way. The ideal collection hey. is to be the hoarder, the uh. best hoarder of them all. Actually, no, it's not necessarily the most. It's like what Brian said. It's 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 something useful and I, and, I and purposeful and something that you, you know, that you've put thought into. And it's not just everything. Yeah, I True. mean, I mean, it, 
you're looking at we're looking at something i guess for any hobby that you have is something that that provides value and and um and and gives you a, a distraction and, and entertainment and and the the reason why there's so many reviewers out there the reason why there's there's such a a, a conversation going on online is because this isn't a cheap hobby and 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 it's a hobby that is very broad and we can't know it all and so we need people to talk about games so we can spend our money wisely and spend our time wisely which Mm -hmm. are two valuable commodities to everybody and so that's that gives the reviewers a purpose that gives the the hobby a purpose and that's why we need experts and in something like this and that's why everybody should be wise on how they approach their ideal collection so if you haven't thought about your ideal collection start trying to flesh that out because it's a hard Mm. concept when we were thinking about this we're like wow this is a hard topic why are we talking about this it's hard try to flesh it out write yourself down a sentence and and see if that makes sense and and compare it to people who know you and see if they uh they think they agree with uh what they think your hobby is and you said i was deep yeah Oh man, you put a little tin fitty wow. in me. <laughs> Doesn't help that it's getting a little late. And this dog will hunt. <laughs> We're gonna well, philosophize. <laughs> with uh, with that uh, wise thought, uh, let's Very go ahead wise. and uh, end our end our podcast for today. Don't get cocky. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for coming out and talking about games, guys. Uh, we always enjoy uh, just kind of anytime we get together, whether we're playing a game or, or getting to hang out like this. Um, if uh, any of our listeners are interested in uh, more PubMeeple content, you can check us out on uh, www.pubmeeple.com. We're also on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at PubMeeple. You can also check us out at uh, youtube.com slash PubMeeple. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next episode. See you later, alligator. Brian always has to sign off after Gary. It's cute. Is he one-upping? <laughs> <laughs> Time for Ticket to Ride. That's totally, totally making it in there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really liked your final thoughts there. I, you summed it up quite nicely. You're very passionate about those Oh, notes. man, I'm very, I almost cried a little bit. <laughs> is that the tin fitty? <laughs> it's a tin fitty talking. <laughs> it's a tin fitty talking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>